0: Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan, and today on the show I'm joined by Michael Pope, the lead singer of Le Galaxy. They're one of 10 bands up for the 2015 Album of the Year Choice Music Prize. There's going to be a live event at which the winner will be announced um, next Thursday, March 3rd at Vicar Street. Le Galaxy are up for Le Club, which came out middle of last year on Universal Music Ireland. Should I read out the shortlist? I'll be out the shortlist. list. Up against band Holding Hands with Jamie, Ham Sandwich for Stories from the Surface, Gavin James for Bitter Pill. Yep, Gavin James, Album of the Year. Jape, This Chemical C, Cullum Macanimura, And Now the Weather, Roshi Murphy, Hairless Toys, Soak Before We Forgot How to Dream, Villagers Darling Arithmetic, and Young Wonder with Birth. So yeah, that's going to be announced next week. So, I talk a little bit about that with Michael. We also talk about kind of the early days of the Galaxy, which is uh was really interesting, just kind of uh, how they developed and kind of developed their sound, I guess how they grew into themselves and grew into the kind of the party band that they are at the moment. So that's all coming up. You can follow the point of everything on Facebook, follow me on twitter at t p o e blog. And yeah, give me an email if you want. I don't know why, just to say, oh, you're a terrible interviewer or something like that. I don't mind. You know, just just let me have it. The point of everything at gmail.com. Also, I've started doing kind of mixes of new Irish music that I'm throwing up on Mixcloud. So, finally started. I had planned to do them every week from, you know, the start of the first week in January, but I've been kind of busy. So, I haven't. So, I did the first one last week and I'm Definitely going to do another one this week, and we'll try and keep it going so you can just search for The Point of Everything on uh, Mixcloud. And yeah, it's about 50 minutes, 10 or 12, I think, brand new Irish songs, really, really, well, really, really good tracks. Uh, (laughs) I don't know about everything else about it, but you know. Um, So yeah, thanks to Steve McAvoy from Turin Audio for mastering the podcast, and let's get on with the show. This is Michael Pope. From the galaxy, so you moved studio last night. Yes. How, how are you feeling now? Are you feeling like okay? Now it's the galaxy's year.
1: Uh, no, I'm feeling like there's a. It's only the beginning of a really, really massive job. If you saw the space that we loaded all our gear into last night, you'd realize just quite how much work is ahead of us. But um, it's great. It's going to make for a much better writing environment and a much better creative environment. And yeah, we might actually get a couch this time as well, which has always been a dream of mine. in the studio to have a couch.
0: What, what was the old place like? Was it just it's just Fort Walls, really?
1: In a PA, we made it our own. Like you know, we we, we did we did make it quite nice, but it was just too small. And with the amount of stuff we've just amassed over the years, it just gets to be almost constrictive. You know, we'd spend yeah. whole days in there. You'd be, you'd be you'd be going crazy.
0: What's it like in Dublin for like bands and studios and stuff? Is it kind of almost you're fighting amongst yourself for the good spots?
1: No, but there is a bit of uh, All bands are like, they're kind of jumping from place to place. It does seem like there's a lot of moving around especially in the studio we were in, which is just over there off Dame Street. Um, you'd be seeing some band, they'd be gone and three months later, like, oh, you know, it didn't really work out for us out in Crumbling or it didn't really work out for us in Fairview, so we had to come back. Yeah, but I think you're better off with bands like, say, I've noticed bands like All Twins and Kid Karate have kind of... Got a room and made it their own, rather than going into a purpose-built space. So they they, had, they ended up having quite nice studios if they put the time and the effort in. So uh, that's kind of what we were. We, we kind of got envious of those guys with their nice. Well, you know, while we were out doing all our gigs and stuff like that, like just kind of coming home wasn't it? Was kind of like, oh, okay, let's get into this cube again and try to make music. When actually, no, wouldn't hurt to have a window, would it? <laughs>
0: you know, it can be quite nice. So the new place has a window. Yes, it has
1: three windows. Would you believe? Yeah, I can't believe it. It is on the ground floor, but at least we get we get some natural light from day to day.
0: Just like with the election on um, this coming Friday, uh, like people are talking about artist spaces and stuff. I know in Cork, anyway, like there's a couple of places which are kind of being kind of forced out. Not that's not band yeah. rooms or something, but what's it like up in Dublin? Uh,
1: well, I, I, I don't think Cork is unique in that now, to be honest, because that's just the policy for the entire countries for the entire 26 counties, anyway. Which is they when the chips are down, when um, the economy is going through a hard time, we as artists prop up these abandoned spaces and buildings with, you know, our interest and our kind of, our rents and our, you know, bringing people and events into the areas. And then when things get better, they get squeezed out. The rents go up and no loyalty is shown, of course. And, you know, all in the name of keep the recovery going. Look, 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 look what happened to Block T, you know. Yeah. Back in 2008, when everything went to shit, I was living in, I actually nine. I was living in Stony Batter and everyone was freaking out and you know everyone was kind of saying you know I spent too much and people were the bank was sending me like pre-approved loans in the post you know all this kind of stuff and then Block T was there and it was just making that once that Smithfield Square just feel like a a vibrant place you know because it was it, it was always trying to be something but it was always kind of shitty it was there was there was kind of a spa and there was a hotel and there was that was it really. And I mean, Block Teague gave it this whole energy and then came like areas like coffee shops, like Third Space and then the and then the Lighthouse Cinema was there and stuff like that. So those kind of guys made that area what it is today and they're being squeezed out, of course. Of course they are. So there's quite a lot of that around. And then like sure, there's an ex- expiration date on any sort of creative enterprise. Maybe enterprise is not the right word, but any sort of creative endeavour when it comes to uh, the arts in this, in, in this city. And we have space, great spaces like Mabos and all and they just get... They they get like a a kind of a a nice patch of about six six months to run events and then it just gets shut down. Same in block we we played a gig in Block T two uh, two years ago, Was it two years ago uh, maybe it was actually a year ago. And you know like the two live bands. I think it was uh, us. Actually, it was us, Planet Parade, and a band who now go under a different name. Back then they were called God Knows, and my name is John.
0: Oh, Ross and Gano family.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, and I th- we're, we're like three songs in. The police are outside shutting it down. Just it's just a good natured event in this in this building. Not that loud. Normal PA stand. Just they just didn't like the actual gathering of people. You know. So yeah, three songs in, then we got, then we were stopped. Then we closed the get, closed the doors, kept quiet for like five minutes. Then two more songs, and then you know, kept quiet for another five minutes, and then two more songs. But like, it was a great night. It was kind of a real, um, it was a, it was a real us versus them mentality in there. But at the same time, the next day it was kind of like that was weird that we weren't allowed to play for thirty five minutes in this in this gorgeous little space. That's that's like not that's not harming anybody. You know what I mean?
0: Was it just, like, the, the neighbours who were, like, calling the cops on? Uh,
1: I think there was, like, two people outside drinking cans and that, that, that just started off, the cops came down. Maybe it could have been the neighbours, but, I mean, I don't know. It was it it, it, was just, it was just, I remember thinking it was just a shame because, because soon after that, all the events were cancelled. There was a lot of bands that were booked in there, you know what I mean? Like, and these wouldn't be, like, I mean, fine, if you don't want to put live bands on, let them put on acoustic acts and let them put on kind of, like, more kind of simplified, maybe more subdued uh, electronic acts or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be like us four dickheads smashing shit and like you know having people like in you know dancing around they, you don't have, have there's more than one I well, I mean if you're smashing shit I mean that's <laughs> yeah, a whole yeah, other course, problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did try to throw Dave through the window, but you know <laughs>
0: that was funny. It, it was light like natured <laughs> yeah, fun. it, it was it was, was you No know, it was
1: sugar glass we'd installed it for just for that for that very purpose.
0: <laughs> but like have have you noticed like other artists like getting on to you like oh do you know any spaces around that'll put us up or has, um, it, has it gotten to that stage? Yet?
1: No I would find actually the opposite I would find well not that, the opposite but on the contrary I would find that say even our studio the guy, the guy who had the studio that we uh, were in was kind of saying well if you know anybody who wants two days a week here give me a shout because I've got because he was trying to squeeze in bands you know he had like seven days a week and band takes two days another band takes two days and another band takes three days and um, that adds up to seven right? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's supply and there's demand. It's healthy enough in that respect, you know? Bands, are, if band wants space, band will find a space. You know, they they would never really be without And if they don't, like, I mean, there's lot, lots of kind of like, um, you don't always have to be in the city centre. We like to be in the city centre because it's just where, it's just our home and it's just where we, you know, it's just great for us to be in, the, in there. But if you, if you want to go out to like Ashtown Ash or out to Crumlin, there's loads of space out there as well, you know?
0: Yeah. So you're not like struggling for... Somewhere to go.
1: No, no. Yeah, I mean, and then it's the, the pay-as-you-play rehearsal studios, like ones you go in, like, you know, there's a back line in there. Those, those have been around since since I first picked up a guitar. Oh, actually, no, I picked up a set of drumsticks, I should say.
0: Oh, right. Is that why you started out on the drums? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Galaxy
1: would be the first band. I haven't been in that many bands now, but the Galaxy would be the first band that I didn't play drums in. You know, for for our, oh, okay. our old band, I played drums. And uh, yeah, it was just a lot... A lot, a lot less pressure back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of miss that. But I was trying to trying to get a super group together. Uh, I, I mean that ironically, with me and Mary-Kate from Final Games. I was like, I was out with a drink with her a few weeks ago and I was like, um, I'm telling you, you, one synthesizer, me, kick snare hats. And we'll just we'll, we'll just go up there and we'll squeeze into it any space we can and we'll play just because I really, really want to get on and play drums. For the big gigs now, for like Longitude and Electric Picnic, we'll usually throw up two kits and we'll have some fun with it, like, you know. Um, but you can't really do that when you're playing in, like, you know, Sticky Mike's Frog Bar in Brighton. <laughs> Actually, you can't do anything in Sticky Mike's; the ceiling is too fucking low. But yeah, so it's kind of a, that's kind of what I started out loving and playing. I was just always interested in drummers and drumming, and even like watching Falls uh, last week.
0: Oh, were you there at the three? Yeah,
1: bar? yeah, it's a great show. Um, but watching Falls, I just all I really find myself looking at a lot of most times as a drummer. Same with the guy from Everything Everything, who makes it look like he's not even drumming. have Ever seen them live?
0: Well, I I was at that gig. Okay, yeah. I, I he saw them sporting. I don't really think that much of everything. Everything. I yeah. I, 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 all like all I could see at that gig was just the, the front robes. Man's robes. Yeah. Obviously, like he look, looked, I am like not like, a like hey, I
1: like I love playing dress dress up as much as the next guy. I I can be as flamboyant as you as you want on stage, but I did not get the robes. <laughs> it looks like a council member from like a like from like you know uh, in in Star Trek the Next Generation when they'd go down to the planet. And the planet would not be wanting to move the elders of the town would like, oh, have a you know, council will not hear of this. And it <laughs> hope stands them, you know, like the the leader of this alien species. And he just looked at that. Um, No, weirdly enough, like for a band, I'm not that keen on. I've seen them four times.
0: Falls, Yeah.
1: No, no, at falls. I like everything, everything. For a band, like, you know, there's, I read an interview with them once where they said, um, they actually taught me a word. The word was deracinated, which meant Mm. kind of, uh, you know, music that doesn't sound like it's from anywhere, without roots. And uh, the more, when, when I hear them, I do think they don't sound like anybody. I'll give them that. I can't really hear much in the way of... Like mega influence, as in like you know, there's a band on. I was watching soccer am this morning. There's a band called. Have you heard a band called DMAs. Um, no, man. Like if you thought 1995 Oasis was gone, oh, wow. was gone, was gone. Actually, it was more like it was more like Be Here Now Oasis. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you should look them up. Piss when, poor.
0: <laughs> when I think of everything, everything though, I just think, oh, fools. 2.0, like not even 2.0, because they're not an upgrade on Falls. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that's okay. yeah, it's good. Not, not not a new operating system. Yeah, I just I like Falls. I wouldn't be a crazy fan now, but I've I've I've, I've always gone to see them and I, and like the the show they put on. It's actually kind of interesting watch, watching their, their show. Like they had this huge setup. They had this LED screens. you probably saw them and stuff and the panels above their heads and all that. Mm. But they didn't they didn't uh, ignite it all straight away. They came out in quite a subdued fashion. Yeah. And so and it's been a while since I've seen a show kind of have this this kind of a structure where it was like it was like you know there wasn't a compared to a film there wasn't like a blistering opening sequence and then the film starts it, yeah, it, it yeah. actually brought out like the show had a real kind of uh, mercurial sense to it it was quite quite a, quite amazing to see cuz most bands like i've seen at festivals you have to come out strong you do you have no choice you know you really have to win over a crowd of what's the word I love? Revelers. <laughs> and the rain had not dampened their spirits. <laughs> um, but it's just like seeing arena, arena shows and, and venue shows like um, you have more of a chance to kind of uh, build a narrative. I know that sounds really really pretentious but I don't mean it that way. I mean like in terms of uh, you have a chance to by the end you've reached your absolute peak. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Whereas like uh, the last time I was in 3 Arena before that was a prodigy and they just came out and played Breeds and, and the whole place went crazy and then went and then fell, fell silent yeah. for an hour <laughs> as they played their whatever their music is these days they are dance metal fucking nonsense
0: i'd say i've passed by them at festivals like three different times you know they're always headlining the second stage of yeah, festivals they really are, and yeah. it always looks like it's really really good fun and everything yeah. i'm just like i just have no interest in that uh,
1: yeah i like I, I grew up on that stuff like, like i wasn't i wasn't listening to nirvana when i was when when i was a teenager i was listening to the prodigy yeah. and like my my uh illicit like hardcore mixtapes from the uk from the uk and stuff you know that was what that was my jam because you know I was a North Cider and we didn't really, we, we, we didn't we didn't get grunge till like two years later, <laughs> you know. I think I think it'll, after he was dead, we might have got into it then. Like, but we were just all uh, listening to it. We were just like dancing in fields and you know raving it up with cider and stuff, you know.
0: So when when you go to like these arena shows like Falls, you almost like. Not not uh, willingly taking notes, but you're like, oh, that's am Oh, I'm, will-
1: cool. I, I, I'm willingly taking notes. Yeah? Yes, absolutely.
0: You're like, how can we like always improve the live show?
1: It's it's just it was just it's just great to see. Like, I mean, you can improve, but you, you'll never have their budget or anything, you know. So you kind of we, we do things in our in in our own way. But yeah, you should you should. I, I think without influence, I don't know what I, I think. I think I would just be this myopic, narcissistic dickhead. Really, I think you need to go out and absorb. You know, which is why. Kind of like, I like to go to as many big and small events around Dublin as I can just even to see. I remember the first time I saw, I saw Rory Bantam and the visuals for his show I was like I think it was another space that was shut down they had one in Temple Bar right in Temple Bar Square it was
0: meeting house square,
1: oh. on a, uh, right in Temple Bar Square. Just to the left of it, there was a kind of a gallery there. I could still be there, but they put shows on and it got shut down almost straight away. I think uh, I think I was out in the courtyard one night and they poured a bucket of water in our heads, which we we probably deserved. But uh, the visuals and stuff like that, so, I kind of like that's that's kind of like I do go to those shows for enjoyment. I also go I also go to to learn if you know or, or get ideas, you know.
0: And like, do you, do you know what doesn't work as well in those environments, like?
1: It's tough. Uh, like for for example, like we didn't know we didn't know what to do for our main stage at Longitude. You last know? year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we didn't know what to do because we, we're so used to you know headlining a tent or in a tent from uh, you know in the evening times like so that. So you've got you've got the kind of you've got all the elements in the palm of your hand. Like, you know, we got light to show, we got our shapes, we got our you know our backlit everything stuff. But you don't really have control of any of that stuff when you're in a field in Redfarnham at four o'clock in the afternoon. The lighting guy has to just do what he can, but there's nothing you can do. So we really had to make us i don't know it's, it's, it was a weird sensation to try to make ourselves make ourselves appear larger not physically but with uh kind of reworking the set a bit and expanding the stage set up with like two drum kits and stuff and kind of i mean when you're up there like the gulf between even the monitors where you stand where i'm standing for most of the gig and the crowd it has to be about 30 feet no it's probably about 40 feet you know it's huge yeah, yeah there's pictures up there that Ruth took um and it's like i'm, I'm running along this track which goes in front of the crowd. So it's kind of unusual. So you kind of have to be inventive in those kind of ways. So we'd really tried to and I think we did a good job of it. We kind of just did the old classic. Which we've never done before but just the big banner. You know, the big banner that comes oh, out right, you. here. Yeah, cuz like I, I wanted every single set of set of eyes if they were in this whole kind of vista every single set of eyes to just at least see who we were cuz it's you're just minuscule on this gigantic stage, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of a real adjustment for us because we were so used to playing late night. Intense and stuff, you know. Mm. It's kind of—I wouldn't say easier, but it's definitely you can you can be more creative.
0: You're playing playing at like six o'clock, was it or something? Uh, like I think
1: it was about four. four yeah, we we just yeah. come from latitude, and we were playing at midnight in latitude, so it's kind of a mad dash to get in and sound check and then kind of get on. But uh, same time, you get get to do the thing where you don't sit ar- around all day twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we did at lecture picnic, which was like you know you get get there for sound check at ten a.m. and you're like you know you're on at, you're on at ten p.m. So. You can't get too wasted, or you know, you're doing your press and all that kind of stuff. You so you kind be kinda, sensible. Yeah, well, you have to be totally to sensible. Yeah, yeah, you go for a sleep and stuff, you know, you just pop your earplugs in and get 40 winks.
0: I remember seeing like on a, you know, a, like that you're going to be on at four or six o'clock at longitude, and I was like, oh man, they should be like on at night. They should be like one of the last bands. Well, we, like,
1: we campaigned for that though. Yeah, we, we, we were offered the, uh, I don't think it's given too much away, but we were offered the closing of the Heineken tent, and we just thought like, you know, I think it's just more of a prestige thing, you know. And it was time; it was time for us to, because we we were comfort zoning it, you know what I mean. We had been, you know, I would go on like, you know, do you want to, you know, do the main stage? Ah, you know it's day, during the day, but we, we we realized that we were kind of we, we were too comfortable comfortable with our light show and all that. We needed to get out and and just just be a bit frightened, a bit, bit unsure of ourselves, you know. And that was exhilarating. It was a great show. I loved it every bit of, every minute of
0: it. Was that the first time that you felt like that that you were kind of coasting a little bit?
1: yeah i that that that'd be, we're very aware of our instincts you know sometimes like you know when we even when we uh we performed two nights at academy for the album launch we um we can't it's hard for it's hard enough for us to change it up for two nights in a row because our our set is built it's built very specific you know but uh we we were like okay well just on the on the odd, i i think some people might be going to both these shows there's no way we're playing the same show two nights in a row yeah. so the, so we kind of endeavored to make both of them really different experiences, which is kind of, yeah. As soon as, as soon as things appear to be too getting too comfortable or getting too or getting too easy, like definitely we 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 feel change it up. Same goes for um, our live our our live set. You know, there always has to be some some elements that are fresh and new because I'm starting to see the same faces in the front row, and I, they, th- those people need to be. You know, they, I, I want to surprise them. I want to energize them. You know, yeah, I really do. It's re- hugely important.
0: Yeah, like it, it's something that I keep thinking about in terms of like the gig-going audience. It seems like it's kind of the same people at every show, rather than like the the kind of the new new younger generation. Yeah, I'm kind of we're lucky as in uh, our our demo. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Our demographic,
1: <laughs> <laughs> our fans would be uh, strange, crazy age differences. You know, I have these boys who were around in the '90s and the early '90s. You know, who are kind of finding this, they find they love the energy of the band and they can go along and they can really kind of dip their toe in, in another but something that's uh, progressive but also slightly reverential to the past and stuff. And then you'll find plenty of student bros and uh, hey, big time, those lads, you know, uh, they're kind of, they, they, they've, they, they turn up a lot in the, in the last while. And then a kind of just a weird mix of just both men and women. Yeah, it's weird. I can never figure it out. I think, I think we, we, we have this kind of, whatever you call it, something for figuring out your, your, who's who watching your videos, men and women all that kind of stuff, what do you call those things? Uh, like um, an I'm algorithm sure. or something, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like f- 49% men, 51% women, which is like, wow, that's actually pretty sweet down the middle. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to, uh, you can actually figure out how many people are in, your, uh, what the sex of everyone in your audience is now that's weird yeah it is weird but it's actually so kind of like
0: oh we have to show more skin now or we have to
1: <laughs> no uh, less if anything you know we, <laughs> we step we step back the, the older we get the more we step the more we step back from the front of stage
0: so like you moved into the new space and you're talking about like how it, is it it's going to change your writing sort of thing or just kind of freshen it up a little bit like how do, how do you guys actually work
1: Markedly different than we did say two years ago two years ago we used to all, all our ideas were worked on um uh, we'd bring ideas in and then we'd all start to, uh, we'd, I'd be, oh, I have like, uh, say so, yeah, for example, Anthony brought in the, the, the piano from the song the Club and I'd get him to send it over to me and we, we, we'd we start to work it together and stuff. But now, w- which is a contrived effort, we don't, we write in the room all at the same time. So we go in at like midday and we we start from we start from zero, from nothing. You know, we just put down, like we just put down, sometimes it can just be a beat or it can be a loop or it can be a sample or it can be a slight piece of audio. And we just start from there from scratch to of us. Um, and it's mental how how it progresses. I, I I feel like it was all part of the, the, the learning process. I was in like going home, working on your bits and bringing them to the lads. But in terms of having someone right there beside you as you're, I'll go back, I'll backpedal a second. When you're doing that stuff, when you're working, I find when I'm working at home, I'm not learning, if you know what I mean. I am, yeah. I am working, but I'm not learning. So, so working beside these guys, when you're writing everything, you're, you're constantly learning. Like you actually literally, are, I'm sitting there and I'm, an idea that didn't exist five minutes ago does exist, but also has been completely changed by the guy sitting beside me, which is kind of amazing. And I don't know what we were doing up to this point, really. The club was written, half of the club was written like that, half of the club wasn't. And I can tell which ones were and which ones wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. The ones that the ones that feel the best when when playing them, or listening to them, are the ones where I know that we were all standing, sitting in a room like Human Eyes and uh, Human Eyes, Put the chain on stuff like uh, uh, what other ones was there? PMLA and all. They were all written in written in the same space, and they were started out with like, okay, have a listen to this little thing I made in my fo- this little thing on my phone, which was just like me humming into the phone, and you start from there, you know. Um, so is it, it
0: just he kind of jamming
1: yeah the more, the, it also comes from you know when we started out we didn't have any money so we didn't have any t- we didn't really have anything um, and all, any money we did have we just put into say getting a van down to Cork or Dundalk or Galway to play a show so we didn't have any we didn't have any gear so all we, all we could really use was like Ableton you know you'd sit down there and you'd have like your your keyboards your, your synths and all would be on your laptop um, which is which, which is very you know it's very it encourages you sitting at home writing and stuff like that. But as the years went on and we started to do better and better, we actually started to invest in a lot of gear. You know, invest in a lot of real search for our favorite analog sense and search for some real, really good equipment. Which you know you can't take home with you. You have to go over there and sit together and work with it. And then when you leave, it's going to stay there. You know, so it's actually kind of a much better way of working. You know, it's practical as well because you know the stuff is there to be created on. It's it, it feels really good to walk in and have a, fre- a fresh batch of ideas and be able to work on it right there in the room with the lads rather than, oh, you know, sending someone a MIDI file at four o'clock in the morning and saying, have a listen to this, you know.
0: I I remember an interview with Lemmy, like, years and years ago. I think it might have been in Kerrang! magazine or something like that. And he was just saying, like, it's pointless playing bass on your own. You've got to play it with the guitarist (laughs) or something like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that that goes more for bass than anything. Like, it certainly does. <laughs>
0: well, I, mean, I felt terrible because, like, I played bass when I was younger, and I almost preferred playing. Well, I I, I know
1: uh, Ian McFarlane from you know Squarehead and Kid Credy. Oh yeah. Uh, I I know that man would probably sits and plays bass by himself for about eight hours a day because the guy is just the guy bleeds bass. Yeah, phenomenal bass. He, yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal bass, but he just loves the bass guitar. So I can I can imagine him just sitting at home jamming. He's the only guy I can imagine doing that now. Everyone else will be like, <laughs> oh man, give me give me a wait, where's where, 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 drop a beat. <laughs> I'd say, but I'd say, uh, I'd say Ian definitely does Phenomenal pants as well
0: Yes, phenomenal everything, phenomenal figure Phenomenal pants, <laughs> phenomenal hairstyle Phenomenal guy How does working with collaborators go then? Because you've got the likes of Sunita on the yeah. album You have Mary from Fight Like Apes as well you uh, have another, Do you have another couple
1: as well? There, well there's Elaine, Elaine maybe. She, she'd, yeah. uh, she'd already done a uh, look With Elaine, we, we wrote, we, we'd written that and Elaine came in, and then well, we'd written. It. She came in and sang it, but as soon as she sang it, we were like, "Holy fuck, that was way better than that, than we thought yeah. we would have." But with someone like Sunita it was um, she was definitely a collaborator. I sent her, I sent her the idea, and then she came back with a whole. Uh, she took my germ and then expanded it for the whole. thing So we were definitely. I would I would call what happened with Senita definitely a collaboration. She was she was fantastic, and then same with Mary. I, I'd, I'd written Carmen, but um, so I'd, I'd done my verse and that, and she came in and we. We got loaded and uh, she just, when she she went in, she just, she didn't even have to, like, she just read the words and that was it. She didn't have to look at them on the screen or anything like that. Like, she was just, and then she brought this whole energy to it. So by the end, it was unrecognizable. And, uh, yes, it it was just, she just made it her own. So I, I, I took that as being a collaboration. What we're doing now, we've written, like, about, I think it's 10 or 12 songs for our next record and it's the people we're collaborating but now i'm i'm, I'm trying to I've, I've sent them songs but i'm trying to not give them uh too much insight into anything really what look i kind of want to hear because i do want to i get i got more much more from collaboration than i thought i would even you know as a writer so i want to hear wh- what they come back with so i have I, it was like any notes you have or any there, they were saying to me any notes you have and you know I'd love to hear it or you know what what what's, what's the song and I'm just like just listen to it and I'd love to hear just how you interpret it you know so it's kind of a, I'm really looking forward to hearing what they have back to them a couple of singers and all ones we have more before as well
0: you know oh, okay cool so it'll it be interesting is it just you kind of listening to music and you're like oh I like the sound of his or her voice I'd like Uh
1: yeah I, I actually one of them I saw performing There, Vodafone Centre Stage was launched in some pub in uh, or some meeting meeting house, the pub, back last April I think it was or May maybe, and Quigfield played. I don't know. Don't ask. She played like five songs, (laughs) three of which were probably Saturday night. I don't know, Um, but uh, she. The band they had on after were a band who I know called Electrobank to kind of do like... Co- co- I'm
0: really disappointed that it's not Wakefield.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. No, I Wakefield was nice, but, you know, we didn't, we, uh, there wasn't really much to talk, we didn't have much to talk about. So I saw this girl singing with this band, Electro Electrobank, who was on after kind of like a dance, kind of do dance covers of like Prodigy and, you know, Chemical Brothers and Daft Punk and stuff of like that. So I, I just loved her voice and I heard her. And then another girl we're working with, I just was in the Workman's, I think they were, I think they were, her band was, she was a... She was, she was, the front woman, her name is Tara, but I just kind of walked in or I, I saw her and she was playing, she was singing and playing lead guitar and I was like, wow, I love her voice and she, she had this energy about her. I cannot remember who they were supporting. I think it might have been, no, it's gone. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just heard her voice, yeah, I look, I just. I, 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 they all come along organically, you know, Yeah. and I am at the moment in trying to find a male vocalist, you know, I really, really want a soulful male vocalist and I cannot seem to, I had a few ideas but it just hasn't worked out and, at the moment, I just think there's, like, it might be, a, again, it's that comfort thing, you know. Oh, look, like, this new album will have a few songs with female vocalists on it. and I've become aware of this little kind of, this little tunnel vision I had where I was thinking of women the whole time. In actual fact, you know, you can you can take this out of context. I want men. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just going to clip that yeah, audio. Please do, yeah. yeah, that's the box code if this was an article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I can't really think of no exactly, one exactly. No or one jumps or, to mind or, 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 like a, specifically. Irish, a, crazy, I a
1: crazy soulful vocal for you know. I mean, I know the lads from the hair squad can sing, but uh, I think they're 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 so good together. Like I wouldn't want to separate them. <laughs> you know, they, they'd probably get
0: separation anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Or
1: if one if I asked one, do or two would get upset or something you know, kind of like <laughs> that.
0: Um, are the lyrics kind of the last thing that? you is it the first thing that like with i guess the songs that you sing on
1: the lyrics and the last thing yeah yeah as a songwriter i always used to feel really guilty about, it, about that I used to feel like a bit of a dilettante as as in like you know songs written and they had the melody and i had that like you know i was mumbling phrases along but the last thing a lot last thing i wrote was actually the words but i kind of I've, I've kind of reconciled that now i don't feel so bad about it i felt it made me a bit of a spoofer you know as in like a real artist has has what he wants to say first I think there's you know there's there's other ways you know the the infrastructure of writing a song is just so varied everyone does it differently and I I would give myself a hard time that way I I, I wasn't a natural songwriter if in that sense then like I had a in my mind came words and melody and I just had to get it out onto like you know I've never worked that way but now I don't feel so bad since I heard stuff like you know the more you read you know uh I think Tommy York just writes his stuff out and then picks these pieces of paper and puts them in different orders and stuff like that, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I think I was even watching, this is not to compare me in any way to this person, <laughs> I was watching that very short uh, little <laughs> breakdown of Heroes.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. Did you,
1: did you watch the, the, the video of like, just uh, who was the producer of Tony Visconti? Was that him?
0: Uh, maybe, I yeah. can't say for definitely. I, tra- I didn't see it, I mean to watch it. He just broke it
1: down track, track by track and uh, they sort of had one track left for the vocals and he, and he said like, you know, we had all the music for a long time, but it's just... Uh, which the lyrics were the last thing to come. I was like, okay, well, if, if that's okay for Bowie, it's okay for me, you know, which should be re- read the way I live my life. <laughs> um, but that, you know, uh, so that's only kind of recently i stopped to give myself a hard time about that because everyone has everyone has a different process of working. And if if it doesn't matter if the, if the song at the end is good. It's good, who cares? Yeah. You know? Like,
0: I mean, your songs would be quite anthemic. In yeah. Ter- as in, like, I was on the bus listening to the club today up from Cork and, uh, like, there was just a couple of them I was just wanted to just, you know, start... <laughs> my arms That's up good. above my head, just pumping. Yeah. Is it kind of hard just to like write? Like I don't want to say that it, they're simple lyrics or anything. but yeah. just kind of you know. No, yeah,
1: I mean like I, like catchy, i guess. I remember yeah. listening to one time with, with, with my uh, my then girlfriend. We were listening to "Losing My Edge" from LCD Zen System and um, she was just she was she loved it. She was just kept telling me about how great it was, and you know it's just like she's one of her favorite songs. It spoke to her in every single imaginable way. And I said like, yeah, I, I love the song. I love this. I've heard the song like a thousand times, but I was like. But I get as much from this song as I get from this a song from uh, what's DJ Falcon, you know, I got so much love to give, right? I just it's just that repeated over and over again, okay. and it's a, it's it's a like I do get the same from both of them. I like my in I like my lyrics and my in depth kind of like you know this person just pouring himself out onto the page or sorry onto the onto the onto like a piece of audio. But I love sometimes just my mantras. The one thing, like, that's just, you're going to drill it into the crowd. That's all you got, you know what I mean? So it can just be a line or a phrase or a word that really resonates to people and people love it, you know, and it's happened over the years, so many times, I mean, like, around the world, you know. <laughs> that's like, a that's case in point. People just, something like a mantra or kind of a little thing like that that people people respond to, Yeah, you know. and I, So I do like to kind of, cry, I, I do like to, uh, I knew that Carmen would have to be kind of like, like a, like it would have to sound a bit like a call to arms in a sense. It needed to be rapid fire, lots of lyrics, lots of you know in the chorus and stuff. But uh, at the same time, I knew that I all I wanted in the club was do you know the club that's I I didn't need I didn't it didn't need to be cluttered by anything else. You know
0: Yeah. Um. Do you feel like like that you're okay with kind of being a kind of a party band rather than like you know everybody wants to make someone feel or you know wants to be in depth or something like that? Are you just kind of like no? We just want to ha- have a good time. You know, well, we want to like, be free I'll, I'll, to do what we want to do. Like
1: like i will say that like all 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 my songs actually do have they they have meaning you know they really do um i think like i like i think if we were like just a party band people would like people come up turn up to our shows and stay for 60 or 70 minutes uh and it's it, but but it's all original music it's not there's no covers there's no uh kind of Uh, you know mashups or any kind of stuff without all stuff so they are listening to original music and like a lot of people who who come up to us some people we talk to and the Galaxy fans like they get a lot from the songs you know they really do like stuff like especially songs like maybe maybe the ones that are slightly darker like uh, say like um, from our previous EP, heart to heart was one that people liked a lot, and stuff like um, even put the chain on. It's, it's meant to. It's meant to to make the hairs go up in the back of your neck. But at the same time, there, there there's meant to be. It's, it's it's not all surface, you know. There is some meaning in there, you know. Okay. From my point of view, and I hope from the audience, because you know we it we, it'd be it'd be fun to go out and just make bangers with a Z, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fun, like you know. But like we, can, we we always find that when we're writing a song, like if it, if it gets too monotone or it gets too kind of just a bit a, a little too cold as i find some dance music to be with the warmth and the melodies and the warmth and the lyrics is where people will where will, will hit people right right where they where they feel in yeah. their feels
0: yeah um with the Z as well yes <laughs> of course <laughs> just in terms of like your own development as the as a frontman, I guess. Like I was, I was watching the video for um, what's the name of the song? You feel the fire from like two thousand and eight. Yeah. That seems something. like a, that seems like a
1: parody of <laughs> now. I watched it recently. Now I'm very proud of it because we because we put that together like ourselves. We didn't have we had no experience ever producing a video or making a video, um, but we put it together ourselves, and it was uh, it's it does seem like this bizarre comedy sketch now. It it seems like a lifetime ago as well. It does, yeah. Different band, kind of big rock guitars and kind of and kind of dance. Uh, it, was, it was dancey, but it was definitely more aggressive. I think maybe, maybe what we're doing now is a little fluffier, as someone described <laughs> us a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it does seem different, but I, like I don't mind progression. Definitely, I, like I, you know, think, think that was just just starting out. You know, things. I, I, I you know, we were f- still figuring out what we wanted to do, and um, we still are. Honestly, like I mean, I know it, it like especially with 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 the latest batch of songs we've written, like we're still you can you can tell there's definitely progression. I'd hate to be still making the the, the same
0: music <laughs> like feel yeah the, yeah feel the fire
1: it does seem like it was it was you know it was two thousand and eight I think
0: I think so yeah. Yeah. I, I remember like I was working in u c c radio at the time, and um like i got, we got the c d in and we and we just put it on, and we were like, "Oh, this is really, really good, but I listened to it last night like and I was like, man, I can't hear the vocals at all no
1: yeah it wasn't really yeah. and, and, we, we, like
0: is that just uh it's
1: a progression yeah just like yeah. like, like, like the, the difference like if, you, if, we, if like we, we really do grow all the time as a band it's weird um i don't like i do think we like we can never really rest when we we're, if, if we we're do like even if, if we do with the one tour say five or six shows in a row when we come back we're like okay well that's that that tour is done that set is done that feels different us not let's not go back and do that again let's kind of make it different um so yeah there was always a progression like you know different band than we were at time last year uh, way different band than we were the year before that you know
0: when when the band like got together around 2006 or 7 I guess 7 I think, I think. Yeah. was it expressly you going to be the 7 <laughs> 10, 10 years next year? No. Um, <laughs> uh, like, was it expressly you were the front man? Was it something that no, you wanted I to do or we, anything? We, we,
1: we were we were writing in the studio for about six months, and we had all, we had all these instrumentals, and we were like, um, it was kind of it was kind of just it was kind it kind of it was kind of falling flat, and I think it was because we had we didn't know if if, if there was if anyone was ever going to hear it, and I remember we were all getting kind of restless, and I was like, okay, well, if, how about I book us a gig. And we just played the, the six or seven songs we have here, you know. And one of the songs was called "The Galaxy." So I said, "Okay, we will call the band that, and we, we'll uh, we'll um, we'll go and play these six, seven songs, and just see how it goes." It'll be grand. So that was kind of like a, a bit of a, a B twelve shot because we were like we, we were kind of really kind of just la- lounging around doing nothing, you know. And uh, when we turned up at the venue, um, we just kind of started to set up, and we hadn't we hadn't done it in this way before, you know. So I just like because there was a guitarist and there was a bass a bass player, I just ended up standing in the middle. That was it. I was there was that was the, the spot that was left, yeah. And I was horrendously uncomfortable, even with the microphone up to my, to say thank you because I'd never spoken on stage because being a drummer and all that, like, and I had no interest in that kind of stuff.
0: Should have gotten yourself one of those headsets. Oh yeah, like like,
1: like the Edge these days, <laughs> um, Janet Jackson style. Yeah, I just ended up standing in the center, and as soon as it kicked off, I realized I just kind of we almost straight away now we started to lose the run of ourselves a little bit, and we're like, oh okay, this this this, this is this is our job now. Cool. Yeah. Um, that was a disastrous gig. We played two songs. <laughs> and our, our laptop fell off, fell over and uh, the gig and was over.
0: And you said, it like, was, I'm never standing in the middle again.
1: <laughs> it was an unbelievably catastrophic gig. It was just disaster. disaster. Um, but uh, we, we got enough from the two songs. Kind of hoping uh, uh, um, in one day that story will be told by, by a third party and they'll embellish it amazingly. You know, like, they got over they do two, two songs that changed the world and then the gig was <laughs> over.
0: Yeah, I was there. I mean, yeah, I was, I was there. there. The I do know people game. who
1: were there and still say, oh, you know, it was really good until the laptop fell over and smashed <laughs> on the ground. I'm like, thanks.
0: Yeah, but like, I mean, then it was like five years or six years, was it, when, until you released your first album, Laser Disc Nights?
1: Yeah, we had like a, a, a couple of singles, a couple of disastrous CP, a disastrous EP that can, can't be found anywhere, thank God. I think we destroyed every did copy Did you release it? it? Uh, you could say we did, but we didn't. You know, it, we recorded these songs and it disastrous. Like
0: In terms of...
1: In ter- like in terms of like Sound? Yeah, oh yeah, mixing everything like it was just we oh. we, we, we did it all wrong so the EP has never seen the light of day uh, so w- Was
0: that, it that like you weren't used to saying notice like the, what the mixer wants or something? We,
1: we just didn't know we just didn't know how, how to get our ideas across and we ended up working like for like three days solid because we had, we, were, we, were, we had a deadline with like our, our PR company and stuff to get it out to the radio st- or whatever because Androids and uh and feel the fire had gone down really well, you know. Um, so we were under pressure. It was it, I. I could do a whole podcast, and what a disaster this pod, yeah. this recording was. Recording was awful. Sound quality was terrible. We just it was. It was a clusterfuck. One of the most disappointing experiences of our lives. But. Um, after that we kind of we went back into studio and we started did, to do it again but we didn't have the resources really I know it's it kind of seems a bit antiquated an ocean now like but we actually didn't have like e- even 5 years ago 6 years ago it cost quite a bit of money to do this stuff you know it did to get into studio with a live to get into studio and um and record live drums even it took a couple of days and that was like fucking five and a day and we just paid for it out of our own pocket you know so it's, yeah. not, it's not it's not yeah we didn't have, we didn't have the resources then or even the Skills then, but like now we could just throw together a few mics and record a drum track if we wanted to. You know what I mean? Uh, back then, it just seemed a little things were just a little trickier to get off the ground, or maybe we just didn't really figure out. We were we were smashing any money. You know what I mean? this was like two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, so nobody had any anything. Yeah. Um, so it took a while to get over that. We kind of got we got a bit stagnant for a while. Weirdly, I mean, we got out and played our first festivals and stuff, and and but like you know, the album took about a year to put together. You know. And, uh, laser discs, yeah, and like e, e, we, all four of us would tell you, even even now, it's still a bit of a disappointment. That album, you know, like, Really, yeah, yeah. We we wouldn't we would not fall back in it now for anything. It was just, it was, that's. It seems like a. Uh, it's like a, it's is Pablo. It's Pablo only, like.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think it holds up. Like the big tunes are still. Yeah, it's you know, just, yes. a, it's
1: just yeah. yeah. I, I, if I could go back and remix the whole thing, or, or or and make it like a really really tight EP rather than a. You know there's some nice moments on it, but I just think it's very for us, it's very off time that we that things were we hadn't quite figured shit out yet. You know, what I mean, God, I would imagine being one of those bands who just their debut album is completely polished and beautiful and finished and it's and assertive and confident. fuck That <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I want that, but at the same time, like you know, I don't know how to do it.
0: Is it not just like your your tastes are constantly evolving and you know, you're just getting used to like kind of better production and stuff, and then yeah, you go well, back certainly, and listen yeah. to? I
1: mean, it. I, well, well, back then, I, I just for me, every like. Reverb was my jam and, you know, like I didn't really understand that, like, you know, the, the, t- the tiniest amount, of the fraction of, of delay on a synthesizer, I, I was either all or nothing, I was like, you know, it has to be dripping wet or it has to be completely dry, you know, dripping wet is for the 80s, completely dry is for, is, for, is LCD sound system stuff. So I was kind of like, um, I was just kind of, yeah, so I just, I hadn't learned enough at that stage, I don't think any of us had.
0: How did you actually like settle on your kind of sound? Like, was it just through playing Which loads sound? of gigs? <laughs> oh, it was just kind of the, the party vibes, um, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It's kind of like is that thing. I mean, we 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 always write with an, with an audience in mind. Um, how do we settle on our sound?
0: I think, like, is it just something that evolved over the years? Yeah,
1: no, no, no yeah, there is. But I was also like you know, if, if you're doing something like, it's okay in our band to say like. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a bit too that's a bit too naff, isn't it? Or that's you know, oh yeah, we would absolutely will like you know that, that or that's like you know that's, that doesn't that doesn't sound like us, or I don't, I don't li- or I don't like that, you know. There is kind of we, when we, I mean, every band will have as um, it's periods where they have, as Jack Nicholson says in The Shining, lots of ideas but no good ones, you know. So the, yeah, you have to realize that every idea is not worth ex- expanding on. So I think when we kind of learned what to, what, what what not to do, what ideas didn't work, uh, was when we kind of realized. What did work, you know? Where we are now, yeah, I think we're all just—I know it's this weird kind of alchemy. We just kind of all seem to know what what it's meant to sound like and what works and what doesn't work. Wait, that, that's actually just being in a band, really, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know, we all we know. all know we all know what we we should all know what works. If you're lucky, I mean, some bands obviously have a primary songwriter, have two songwriters, and someone just kind of comes some other lads just come along and and, and play along, like. But uh, yeah, for us, it's. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's very much an organic thing at this stage. Where, whereas it used to be very meticulous and kind of mathematical. Yeah. We, call, we used to call ourselves math rock for people who failed maths. <laughs> <laughs> or for people who did, <laughs> people who, for, yeah, for people who did failed maths or people who did or who did applied maths.
0: Oh man, maths was hard though. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell, yeah, most of our songs have been 4-4, don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> um, so like, I mean, the club up for the choice prize, which is on in a couple of weeks. So you're obviously happy with that. I mean, do you almost treat that as your debut album? kind of like this is know, this would, is the like
1: uh, galaxy uh, yeah it definitely is yeah, definitely more representative yeah yeah, um, th- yeah t- I think like it's I'm, I'm I'm more looking forward to the night itself like you know I, I love I loved playing to a captive audience like the, when I found out we were nominated I was happy for I, I was happy like that, you know we might sell a few extra copies or whatever and stuff but the thing I was looking forward to most and still am is just to kind of it's only like a very short set but I I, I love the idea of playing to like a captive audience like that you know as in everyone's kind of there and all the band, everyone's paying. Everyone's there to pay attention and listen and kind of really kind of listen to the music and, and make their own minds up about who do who they think should win you know so I'm kind of really looking forward to that those 10-11 uh, those minutes where I get to do my thing really am like that's the thing I'm most excited about yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it'll be like your first gig in a while it's all won't it
1: yeah I haven't played this year um uh and we won't be for a while yet yeah we're kind of um stepping away just to, to finish up all the demos and kind of working with um trying to get a producer and stuff like that like so uh no, we our first gig in the while, which reminds me, we should really get in and rehearse. We're, play, we're playing uh, the Paul McLoon show next week, which is in the Workman's. That so should be fun. And then The Choice. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So, oh, yeah. So I won't keep you much longer. Um, if the Galaxy don't win the Choice Prize, who would you like to see win? And what do you think of the shortlist overall? And the, the state shor- of Irish the shor- music. The shortlist, the shortlist
1: is, 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 is great this year, actually. I, I was very impressed by the kind of, you know, I felt like um, and it may, maybe he was guilty in the last couple of years of maybe putting a bit too much on like the kind of the less esoteric music and kind of going for more of the commercial side of things you know like but this year um, it's really strong yeah I think uh, it's a delight to see Young Wonder get a nod um, Villagers are on there as well I, and uh Girl band. Um, I, I actually I've, I've, for the last month I've been going around calling at the Girl band music prize. People people get a good laugh out of that. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a great old laugh at that one. Like who else is playing? Um, and then I think Colin Mac I can't pronounce the second name. Colin McOmer the guy from the Frames. Is he nominated? Oh yeah yeah yeah. And Villagers obviously. Um, Jape is up there. Jape is up there. Yeah yeah for, for, yeah for a change. <laughs> yeah, could, could it be three in a row for the for the boy Egan? Who knows? Sorry, I sound like a football commentator there for a second. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to night. I think the line, the live lineup this year is the most acts they've ever put on.
0: Oh, right, okay. Because yeah, I, Cause so, it, I like saw cra- they have a couple of the yeah, songs crazy, of the year, guys. Crazy
1: amount, yeah. So it's gonna be a really good night either way. The uh, the night I went to I went to it once before. Um, I think it was two thousand and thirteen, or not, like and it. it, it You're Del
0: Rento's one. Yes, I oh, yeah, I was I was a judge that year. Oh, were you? Yeah,
1: because okay. yeah, um, that was a, that was a tough year. Like uh, that was a tough year because you had like um, you had cast cheers and derrantos and stuff like that. But you also had like um windings, winding yeah, R and Heather's wasn't it as well. And but then there was like and Death Row and Adrian Crowley as well, wasn't <laughs> oh, yeah. it? Like uh, see, uh, so like it was kind of like I didn't really know how it was gonna go that year. But I think this year. All I really want out of it is a is a really good ten minutes. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I really am looking forward to it. Um, usually, if I look forward to stuff, it ends badly. Like if I look forward to night out, it's it, it's it's a disaster. So I'm trying not not to get too too hyped, but um, yeah, just kind of playing to that audience and also playing that venue. I've never played there before. I would have thought. Fickle Street. Yeah, never played. I played. I played pretty much. Many, many of the venues in this country, you know, I'm even in the Three Arena twice, uh, but I've never played Baker Street, so yeah. i been dying to get up on that stage. Class. Been to so many gigs there, you know.
0: My favorite venue in Dublin.
1: Yeah, saw Caribou last year there last year, incredible. Um, and like a few days beforehand, I watched Future Islands there as well. It's great. Yeah, so Yeah.
0: Okay, so what, what are the plans then for the rest of the year? Just kind of finish the album or record the album?
1: Or? Yeah, uh, yeah it's in, we're demoing it right now. Um, we, we might actually do an EP. Yeah.
0: The last one was great Like the last EP It kind of yeah. you know Signaled the kind of the change Change yeah yeah and, and it also had that Elaine May song on it Which is one of the best songs of <laughs> Cool Like the last 10 years
1: <laughs> That uh, Yeah it's a, that, that kind of thing Yeah I think I think It's kind of a, We kind of put a lot of pressure On ourselves sometimes Like to keep, to keep writing And you know we have got to have Like 10-15 songs But actual fact You know We have so many songs Right now that I think we should do an EP. We, We're thinking about Just do an EP Yeah it might be nice You know Because I think Even as a As a As a Product or that's my own word, the album is does feel slightly antiquated even now, you know, kind of like some of the acts I love are just putting out remixes and tracks all the time. Uh, you know, every couple of months I hear a new track from this, two track from that. Yeah. You know, so I've managed to go a quite a long time without actually releasing an album. Look at all Twins, Mots, and stuff like that, you know, even Kid Karate released their album yesterday. And it's like... Um, you know, I I didn't feel like they disappeared because they hadn't didn't have a record. You know what I mean? It's nice that they do. I just I just think it's nicer for the bands maybe sometimes. Hey, we got our album. Yeah, you know? I
0: guess. Yeah, you know, um, I still like the album though. Like so the, do I. Yeah, yeah. I just I
1: feel even with the even with the way the club worked, I fe- I, I feel um, like was it a, an album or could it have been two EPs possibly? I just don't, I don't know. Like okay, you know like, right, you know. Yeah. I but I'm I'm always re- re- tearing down my life, <laughs> tearing down everything I've done. You know what I mean? So we we will I'll always be analysing this stuff.
0: What I liked about the club was the way it kind of finished, as in, like the last song was almost completely different yeah, to everything song. else. My favorite it.
1: thing we've ever done, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, the, there's no vocal. Is there a vocal no? Song it's just, it? it's yeah. just like it. Uh, that was one of the, that was one of the organic ones. It's just one of those. Uh, it felt yeah.
0: completely different.
1: Yeah, it's just a real, it's a, it's a real mellow jam, and I'm, and I like that kind of came from, that kind of that kind of uh, tradition that we were used to, like just the last song on the album is just like, like just a fucking killer tune. Not necessarily like, I mean, the Chemical Brothers would always end strong, but I, some, sometimes my favourite songs on albums were the one where they, where they just deviated slightly from the formula and just gave me this, this, this really, really, really good fucking yeah. groove. And I was kind of like, there's a little bit of moderate in there and it was kind of, it was very, um, it felt like it was, no, it was just, it's just, it's 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 like the theme, it's like the, it's like, it's it, it's the soundtrack to the album, if you know what I mean. If that makes sense, like the theme of the album is all is all is all summed up on the last song.
0: Okay,
1: as in, as in as in how 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 we want people to feel about it is all summed up on the last song, which we kind of like. Wow, this, I, I really don't feel like I'm listening to a, a, like an Irish yeah. white <laughs> old aging four piece, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is the best way of describing
1: it? Yes, it is. It. I was watching I was watching Alan Partridge yesterday, and he had um he referred to a. Uh, to Duran Duran it's a Thatcher Pop 4 piece which I really enjoyed I never thought of that which is true Thatcher Pop Thatcher Pop That's 4 brilliant. piece yeah it's great
0: um, okay so I think that we've talked enough about music do you want five minutes to talk about um O.J. Sim- Simpson show oh yeah show? yeah
1: have you, have, you, have you seen it now
0: no, no I've, I read a review today about it's it it's quite
1: something yeah you have like uh, the
0: people versus O.J. Simpson yeah, with QB Gooding Jr. As, as yes o. J. it's the
1: first uh, of, an, of an anthology series called American Crime Story so I'd say we might get other famous trials like um I'm thinking maybe the Menendez brothers, remember them? Two twins who killed their parents? No. That was, yeah, I'm showing my age here now. Or maybe Louise Woodward, remember the woman, the British nurse who like shook a baby to death? Oh, okay, yeah. I shouldn't say that because I think she was, I think she was exonerated, I can't remember uh, but yeah, it's great. You've got who allegedly. You've got John Travolta uh, playing Robert Shapiro, which is just I don't know. If, I don't I think don't you can call it acting. I think it, it feels like he's he's disappeared inside a parody of himself. <laughs> he's like he's like a, a Simpsons character of himself. Uh, you've got someone who uh, as, as I said on Twitter. You have got someone who who looks our Cuba Gunning Jr. looks sounds. And acts nothing like O.J. Simpson, but still manages to look, sound, and act nothing like O.J. Simpson. It's quite amazing that they couldn't find any, someone who wasn't even like the slightest bit anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, Ross from Friends as Kim Kardashian's dad. <laughs> so, like, I you just you really need really to see it. Yeah. It's, it. But I will say it's fucking good TV. Like you know, yeah, you enjoyed it. I wouldn't. It's it's trash, but like I I don't usually go in for a lot of trash. I don't watch like um, oh, I'm going to sound like I'm I'm soapboxing here, but I don't watch like reality TV or anything or like the Bake Off or whatever I know, people, whatever hashtags people use I just I can't, can't keep up but I do love my, some trash every now and then you know I find I like, I like, I like my, my American Crime Stories or uh, what's that show that's always on Nothing to Declare you know that one where they stop people at the border coming to Australia oh yeah, 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 that's, yeah my I've kind, seen that that's my kind of telly they yeah. give it to a, an, an old Asian lady for 45 minutes <laughs>
0: <laughs> like with the rise of you know the likes of cereal and the jinx and making a murder and stuff it's kind of like they're kind of revamping that kind of trashy, are, yeah, yeah, and like
1: making it have a real. They, it, was, it was only a matter of time, really, it wasn't Like before, when it's when people who people are tired tired of it being vacuous and tried to bring some substance into it, you know, like. I think it comes a lot from the podcast generation because, like, um, I, I listened to a podcast called "You Must Remember This," which is kind of like oh, the yeah, old yeah. kind of stories of Hollywood stuff you wouldn't know, stuff you might know, but um, it's kind of funny because there's an. I think a. They talk about Charlie Manson, but they talk about Charlie Manson for eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like it's riveting, and it's yeah. like you know it, it is that kind of thing where you can get ne- now. I think people with comes to those Netflix documentaries and stuff like the Jinx or or and uh, Making murder and like a, they, people have realized an audience, people just want just want to immerse themselves in not that, that people don't want to be superficial about the details anymore. They want to go right into it, and like I'm, I don't. I feel like I, I now know and have been part of Charlie Manson's family for some reason, the amount of detail they gave me into it. You know what I mean? So I think people love that long form storytelling again.
0: Can you relate it to CSI? Because, you know, the people who seem to love these shows now, these real crime stories, yeah. would like, you know, they wouldn't even look at CSI. I wouldn't look at CSI, but, you know, I love, the jinx and stuff like that yeah. i don't know i don't know is there just kind of a double standards or something like? Yeah, that? yeah
1: i've never watched those shows either and i think you know when, when i eventually do commit a murder i'm fucked because apparently you can learn a lot about how to, how to protect yourself <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, yeah you can learn you learn everything about uh, uh, the the minutia of getting away with murder but um i think so you, so you think it's mo- it, it's it's like that for people who did it's, it's like csi for people who hate who couldn't yeah. yeah
0: it's it's like tv for you know people who only started watching tv with the wire or something, you know? Yeah,
1: the kind of people who, who, who prefer, like, you know, there is the the case of the week stuff, or on the X-Files mm. used to call it monster of the week. Or, yeah, monster of the week. <laughs> and on and, and Star Trek, uh, D Space Nine used to call it forehead of the week, because every, every different week, <laughs> the alien would have different ridges on his forehead, which meant he was just a different
0: alien. That's why I didn't watch it when I was a kid, because those foreheads were disgusting. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> forehead of the week. But um, I, think, I think people... Are rebelling against the whole the way like you know by the end of an episode of CSI they press the reset button everything will be the same mm-hmm. next week you know yeah. but I think this long form idea of storytelling is it's just far more interesting to people because they can you know you go away for a week and you're thinking about the characters what's going to happen with the character next week what will happen what will that imp- the impact of what I just saw have on next week's episode I kind of felt that with True Detective as well not series two but series one I felt I was I was the, the gap of a week between the the episode was actually kind of making me really kind of it was fruitful. I was like, wow, God, yeah. I wonder what that, what that means. Turns out it didn't really mean anything, but you know.
0: <laughs> um, and finally, the Oscars are on next Sunday. What's your mm. prediction for best film? I'd, I'd imagine... What, like, what do you I, think should win and um, what do you
1: think will win? I, I, th- I think should win. I would love to see... Obviously, I would love to see Room win. That'd be incredible. I think, I'd imagine, I think The Revenant might win or whatever. I've no yeah. idea why, you know. In fact, if uh, you, you can't see this, but if I put on my, on my TV here, if I put on the Chromecast... It should be a very pretty picture. No, nope, it's te- something still on. Let's have a look. Well, well Chromecast has uh has like when you're not using the Chromecast kind of shows these not these beautiful images from all over the world. You know, you'll have like a uh fields and mountains and streams and that. it's basically and I couldn't figure out what it was it's so familiar basically what the what Revenant is is, is the whole screen from a Chromecast
0: that's, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's basically what it is it, 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 was like, it looks great it, was like, it looks like screensavers man come on yeah. you know I, it's not, not that impressive I thought the film was good but um, I, but when I walked out I felt just like I, not, I felt nothing
0: I felt as if, oh, so Leonardo—that was what Leonardo DiCaprio was doing all along. He was trying to kill your man? Because I didn't think that it was that obvious. That from was actually—you're
1: you, not the first person to say that. Like you know, like they were like, oh, so it was revenge. I just thought he wanted to be alive a lot.
0: Yeah, I just thought he was walking <laughs> home to the lads. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the lads. you totally yeah, but Bye-bye. yeah, that, that's you're not alone there. And people, some people did say yeah. you know, it didn't seem like much of a revenge story because he just kind of really wanted to stay alive rather than uh, yeah. and kill this dude. But then you know, as, as we saw. It, shit got real down by the stream.
0: Yeah, um, I also well don't heard. think it's his best acting performance either. I no, think he, I, I, he grunts really well, but apart from that,
1: yeah, I did. I didn't think much of him at all. Really, I thought it was way better in like stuff like The Departed or even or um or even Django Unchained. I thought he was, he was mm. phen- phenomenal in that. Like, but yeah, it is it's pretty open and the films are better than most years. I think um, the big short was really good. Hot Spotlight was really good. Uh, Room was excellent. Um, I have yet to see. I think uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, I just I couldn't. Couldn't find anyone who wanted to go with me, and I just didn't feel comfortable going by myself. I, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to be a weepy or what. Like, oh, you don't like going to the cinema by yourself? Oh, I'll go to cinema by myself exclusively. There's something, <laughs> something, about, something about um Brooklyn just seemed like, you know, uh, there, it might be me and old ladies or something. I don't know. That's me. That's a stupid notion. You know, I'm probably very, very wrong. All I know is that that my mother was telling me to go see it.
0: Very good. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Okay, cool. Thanks. Nice one.